Welcome to episode 101 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Good evening. See, I, I changed it up. I stole yours. And Matt Casal. May the force be with you. And I'm saying that is a is a hint what this episode might be all about tonight. I'm no. not going to reveal more than that. We'll see if you listeners can kind of put it together. Is it Doctor Who? Let the listeners guess. Is yeah, it? Don't ruin it. Such a mystery. Do you want to spoil the date too? Is it sometime in January? Monday night, April 20th. Oh boy. And over the last week, we have been inundated with nerd news. Yeah. From new comic releases to new castings to a slew of trailers for upcoming movies. I, it's been since Wednesday, I think. It's been an onslaught. They could have really helped us out by doing this last week, and then we could have just done an entire episode, our 100th episode yeah, really. could have just been jam-packed. We're spreading it out. Th- this is an onslaught the likes of which the McSauce Comic Book Podcast has never known. We have been... I mean, like, this makes the announcements at Comic-Con in San Diego look mild. I don't know. I feel like this has happened one one other time. To this degree? Fuck, so much shit. I don't think so, man. The Comic-Con announcements were pretty tame compared to this or anything else. This past year's Comic-Con, nothing really had... The biggest news that came out of that was after the Deadpool unofficial release of that that footage that spurred on and and got the movie made but that that was like the biggest thing that came out and if that's the biggest thing that came out that's really not that big that's not really comparable to what we have experienced over the last five days i feel like the studios hold that stuff back and they can own a day any day that they want by releasing this stuff not at a you know press conference or something like that, but just whenever they want, and they all chose chose to try to outdo each other. Yes, nobody was willing to let somebody else have the limelight. It was mm-hmm. like, all right, Star Wars, I see what you got. We'll watch this. Well, the in DC's defense, because that's what I do here, the fans kind of ruined DC's reveal for that trailer. Well, like they weren't ready to release it this last week. So yeah, it released, what, about five days ahead of schedule, something like that. It was still gonna be in that same general time frame as the the Force Awakens trailer, which I just felt like, you knew that the Force Awakens trailer was coming because of Celebration. That, that was pretty much a given. I would maybe give that a couple weeks to marinate and then, you know, then own the you know the spotlight well, I think, for yourself. I think they were gonna wait, and but the, the I thought that they were gonna release on the twenty fourth or something like that, like on Friday of this week. I mean, we're getting close right now. We're at the end of April. In a couple of weeks, we're gonna be smack dab in the middle of big event movie season that starts off, kicks off in May. Right, that's true. You know what kicks off right now though? Something that kicks off every single week, like clockwork. Is it housekeeping with Ian Sharpley? Is this how we're going to do the whole show, guessing what's coming next? What is housekeeping? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Wrong. But it is housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Oh, you're doing Jeopardy. 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, I was doing Jeopardy. What is what is mcsauce.com? Well, it's a place where you can go and find all of your mcsauce goodness. This your, is what you call low energy in the biz. <laughs> your reviews. Uh, this is just a nice, normal tone. I've been criticized many times for being too loud, so I'm just gonna be nice and calm. Too, too, too bombastic. Who criticized just, you for that? I think both of you all the time. What? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember that. I don't either. Well, you can go back in the archives. If you go to mixsauce.com, you click on the podcast little button at the top, you can view all of the podcasts that we've ever had. You can listen to them through iTunes. You can go to Stitcher Radio if you don't have a iTunes capable device. If you're an Android person, today somebody commented to me and said, iTunes? I can't get your podcast. And I said, we have a Stitcher radio app. You can listen to the podcast right through there. You don't even have to download it to your phone. You can just stream it. It's not going to weigh you down or anything. So Android users, go to Stitcher.com forward slash podcast forward slash McSauce. And you can check out at least five of the new episodes because it doesn't hold on to all of the episodes there. If you like the classic episodes, you can go to mcsaucepodcast.libsyn.com. You can check out all the things that aren't available through Stitcher, Podomatic, or iTunes. And you can continue the conversation at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mcsauce. So, and we always update people through the Facebook page, post links there as well. We'll also be having a YouTube page. There is a YouTube page available. If you go to YouTube, just type in McSauce Podcast and our page will appear. It's only gonna have the blooper reel that we have, but at some point soon, we're gonna have some, some more content. So keep, keep listening, keep watching for that. So last week, this, well, I guess this past weekend. How long was Star Wars Celebration? If they released that trailer on Wednesday, what was it, from Wednesday to Sunday? The trailer premiered on Thursday. When was Star Wars Celebration? Thursday to Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, Thursday through Sunday. Star Wars Celebration 2015 in Anaheim. Last Thursday through Sunday. All kinds of Star Wars news. And we're going to focus on all of that Star Wars news tonight. We're going to get to... Dominic Cooper is Jesse Custer. We're going to talk about Batman versus Superman. But tonight, special Star Wars episode. Yeah, let's lump it all together. We're going we're gonna to keep it all together. Keep it all in a, in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. So, what do we want to start with? Matt, I feel like you always want to go with the big main course first. Where I like to lead up to it. I would like to wade in with the Lando Calrissian comic. Well, let's start there. The Lando Calrissian comic. There, it was announced that there's going to be a Lando Calrissian comic book. Uh, it's going to take place in between episode four and five. Um, so we're going to we're going to get a little taste of Lando right before he made that deal with the Empire. And uh, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna see what kind of what kind of man he is. Um, 
you know, up, up to that point, because he he was so easily um, manipulated to, to stab Han in the back. Do you think he was easily manipulated? Well, mm, I think it's a hard choice when no, you. No, it's a hard choice. But vampire he, breathing down your removable I, cape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He okay. He struggled with it. He struggled with it. But he he had the balls to say to Vader that this wasn't the deal that he or I don't know what the exact quote is. You know, I was, it, I was thinking about that whole thing the other day, and what is the quote? Um, this is that was never a condition of this. Uh, I forget. I don't know. What was it? That was never a condition of our agreement. And Noah was giving a hand to this bounty hunter. Right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, so, Han allows the Empire to come in. And it's kind Lando. of a... Yeah. Lando allows the Empire to come in. And it's kind of a good of the many outweigh the needs of the one situation where he's like sorry Han I have a million people here on Bespin that I need to look out for I need to take care of their best interests you gotta go but then he flips it and he's like sorry folks you gotta get out Han's my boy and I just turn so, all of you over to the Empire so which so Lando do we never a good guy <laughs> He fucked He's, everyone over. He managed to screw everyone before that day was over. Maybe he was just challenged and his his love for his friend over overtook his love for his people and he just couldn't make a decision. Maybe he's just indecisive. Not a bad guy. Just has trouble with decisions. Lando's the classic. Bad characteristic for somebody that runs a whole city. I can relate to that. I have I have trouble with decisions myself. So I can relate. Maybe Lando is the most relatable of the Star Wars characters. Well, I, I think by the time the deal goes sour, he realizes the Empire is not going to save anyone here. And everything is going sour regardless. So I can at least give my people a heads up, get them out of here as soon as possible before the Empire really, you know, rains hell down. Right. So... Uh, Marvel's already done Star Wars, which I would give a C so far. Um, it's already, I think it's already missed a month. I think it's already late. Really? Um, Darth Vader seems to come out every other week, and it's really fucking cool. Bizarre that Darth Vader has two death droids that are like R2 and 3PO, except they torture and murder. Real bizarre. It's an odd choice. Real strange. Um, Princess Leia is pretty good. I give it a B. Star Wars is my least favorite of the Marvel books so far. Uh, and now we're going to add... They announced they're going to do a Kanan from Rebels series, and now they announced Lando. Who's interested in Lando? I'm interested. It focuses on a character that I feel should be explored more. I think it's somebody that we all like here at this table so i'm definitely going to give it a a try i don't think that you can lead with lando it, the choices of leia star wars and vader were pretty good choices to yeah. come out the gate with but now that you're into say your second season of star wars title well, lando is the, a the darth a vader choice. title is is an ongoing the princess leia title was a miniseries Lando is the 
going to be the, the next mini-series in the new Star Wars line. And Star Wars is an ongoing as well, is that right? Star Wars is an ongoing, and Kanan is an ongoing series. Do we like Kanan enough to follow him month to month? I like Kanan enough to check it out because it's going to be written by Greg Wiseman, who's one of the writers for Rebels. And that's a big selling point for me that one of the guys that is chiefly responsible for making Kanan who he is is going to be in charge of this book. We're not going to get someone else's interpretation mm -hmm. of who Kanan is. Right. We're going to get the Kanan from Rebels in a comic book. Right. Um, is it a origin story? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Charles Soule is writing. Lando, Alex Maleev is doing the art. Know it's gonna Alex be super gritty. Yeah, I don't know if he's the best artist to do Lando, cause like, like he's so it's so dark, and I never really like his proportions. And if anything, that's gonna keep me away from the book. I'm not an Alex Maleev fan. I always liked his work on Daredevil. I also really enjoyed his stuff on Moon Knight. I don't like everything that he's done, but I appreciate his art a little more than I think you do. Um, the, the Moon Knight stuff I thought was really high quality. <coughs> yeah, the the one cover image that's up where he's surrounded by stormtroopers. Oh, that's not even Maliv, that's Lineal Francis Yu. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about this artwork, but Charles Soule's written some good stuff. I've, I've enjoyed a couple of his books in the past. I can't think of what they are now, but I'm favorable towards Charles Soule, so yeah. I'll have to see how I'm feeling that week, the week of premieres. Maybe it's a slow week. Maybe I'm not, maybe the whole lot isn't showing up on the pull list. Maybe Convergence is still happening. I'm sure it will be, or even if it isn't, it'll be all wrapped up and it'll be a DC universe uh, that, that no one wants to go to back to at all. Right. Although, so, ironically, I'm sure you'll still defend till your dying breath. It's hard. It's hard when they're doing some really bad things to quit getting those books. Matt, are you going to get Lando? Uh, yeah. Being that it's a mini-series, I, I don't know that that Lando is a title that that really lends itself to a full ongoing series. Just because, especially given the, the time, the setting of the, of the title, he was not really a, a factor in the the main arc of the Star Wars saga of the, the big war. He was more of a side player that didn't really get he involved. He was a side player. Of course he was. Player, didn't really player. get involved until he was kind of forced into it at the end of The Empire Strikes Back. Um, I'm mildly interested. I, I, I don't know. I don't really know what to think. You know, I... I'm not all that intrigued, but I do like the character, so, you know, check it out. I'm a little disappointed about the setting. When I hear Lando, I immediately think of, I want to see Lando and Han Solo when they were boys. I want to see that relationship. I know they're not going to do that. Yeah, because it seemed like their adventures had taken place before the first Star Wars film. And it seems like that's such great material to mine. You would think that if yeah. they're not going to ever do a movie, and who knows, maybe they will do a movie, but that's what I want to see. And I also 
I want it to be light. I want it to be fun and swashbuckling and exciting and yeah. That's that's the Lando story I want. I want I want the heist book. That's Han and Lando. They're getting out of jams in the Falcon. Robin Banks heist yeah. buddy film Robin Banks combo. Doing shit, buddy comedy. Banging whores. Wearing rubber chancellor masks as their Robin Banks. The the through line of the entire movie is that they're each cheating the Falcon off of the other one and at the very end someone gets robbed of the Falcon by the other one like that's I want the story of these bros like Laverne and Shirley in space there's like <laughs> guns going down the line they put like a little <laughs> stormtrooper helmet on one of them and goes down. yeah like I and the, the whole thing of you know, we're going to tell this Lando story between A New Hope and Empire I, there doesn't need to be. I mean, like, can't Lando just be living the big life? Like, I mean, does it, does he have to have some exciting adventure? Can't he just have found his place in Cloud City? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's worked his way up to administrator, and that's what he's doing. Like, right. does everything have to be super crazy adventure? It's going to be all political intrigue, and it's going to be so... It's going to be House of Cards and, and Bespin. Cover, the, the cover for... Uh, the first issue is Lando. It looks like someone's coming to shoot him by the shadow, but he's got his legs up on his desk. He's got his shirt unbuttoned. That's like that's where Lando should be at that time of at that time of his life. He's living the high life. He hasn't had any strife. He's managed to skirt the Empire all this time. Now he's got a steady home, steady job. But it shouldn't even be somebody coming to shoot him that should be a silhouette of some busty brunette well i think it is a silhouette well i don't know if she's a busty well, she brunette has, but it's a she has I a think, gun it's a woman or I is it i would guess it's a chick could be a droid come on playboy you know that's a chick it's but a chick what we want He's is a just scoundrel tits <laughs> <laughs> let's stop skirting the issue here and Mary Sue is going to unsubscribe what do you now. Think, what do you think Lando's they... been doing all this time? Administrating pussy. That's, that's true. So I, I think I've talked myself into this book. <laughs> but it's not going to be what you want. Charles Soule well, isn't I mean, going to write. We are, we are never going to get that Han Lando buddy comedy. He's we are gonna... never going to get it. And we better hope we don't get it. Because if we do get it, it's not going to be the one that we want. I know. And we're just going to be the one that we should have written that we talked about all those yeah. years ago. So there are some other new Star Wars comics uh, coming down the pike. Not really new comic series, but some new arcs uh, in the main Star Wars uh, title. That one of the next arcs are, are going to be about Luke's doubt. Is as in himself becoming a Jedi, and then it says that Han and Leia will have an adventure on their own. You know what that means? Dunking. No idea. And um, <laughs> this is the part that just kind of makes me like roll my eyes and want to throw up. Oh boy, I'm excited. While Luke is learning the ways of the Jedi, he is hunted down by Boba Fett. Uh oh. Wait, who's hunting Han? No, Boba Fett is hunting Boba Luke. Fett. Oh. 
And then issue number seven of uh, Star Wars is going to be a self-contained story about how Obi-Wan survived on Tatooine while guarding Luke. Could be interesting. That doesn't sound very exciting at all. Because that's another story that nothing should have happened. No, like... Oh, Paul he's got is a big fan. Of he's got to fight off. Yeah, right. He's got to fight off a couple of Tuscan Raiders. You know, every now well, and maybe, then. Well, maybe that's what it he's is. Gotta, maybe it's a day in the he's life. He's got to send some Jawas away. I don't have any droids for you. I don't want to buy droids. But how fucking exciting could that possibly be? Like that should be downtime. Like that's what makes all the excitement in A New Hope stand out so much because you're like, you've got this fucking boring life as a moisture farmer. What the fuck happens there? Nothing. We don't need that. It's unnecessary, except Marvel and Disney want to make money. <laughs> and I know I'm being unreasonable, but like but that's, that's how I feel you about do. it. Oh, that. That's oh. A, that's how I feel about it. Look. Obi-Wan was not a moisture farmer. We don't know what he was up to to protect Luke. Maybe Luke had a very boring, mundane life, but maybe that was because Obi-Wan, from a distance, was keeping like shit away from him. We don't know. Um, it could be something as simple as like he had to protect the family from sand people or something like that. And yeah, it only takes one issue to tell that story, but you know, shows that there are real dangers out there that Obi-Wan had to prote protect him from. Uh, whatever. I'm sure it'll be fine. It doesn't. It doesn't ruffle my feathers one way or the other. I think Paul the, wants extreme boredom, extreme downtime. I think the thing that kind of gets under my skin a little bit is this forcing Boba Fett into like, like oh he's hunting Luke down while Luke is training to be a Jedi. Doesn't Boba <laughs> Fett have other things to do? Exactly. Like outside of the story, like isn't he busy? No. By the time. A new hope rolls around. He is strictly the Empire's go-to guy. He's on like their he pay He's their main dude on their yeah. payroll. Like we could have any plumber, but we want Boba Fett because he's great. <laughs> so, I don't know. It, it 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 might be good. I don't know. I know John Cassidy is going to be off the book. I forget who the artist is that's uh, that's going to be taking over on Star Wars. But it says here that this kind of surprised the crap out of me. It, According to the panel at Star Wars Celebration, the Marvel panel, they said that um, the first issue of Star Wars is the highest-selling comic book of the last 25 years. That doesn't surprise me. That surprised me. Yeah. Of the last 25 years? Think of all the shit that's happened. That surprises me. There's, like, there's been a lot of stuff. Didn't Superman but... versus Doomsday happen in the last 25 years? No. Did it? That's the thing. The cutoff between the last twenty-five years, or or did it? Hang on, I'm on it. Because then it would then because it doesn't beat out the Jim uh, Lee yeah. X Men. Yeah, 20, yeah, yeah. We're so we're fucking dumb. Twenty-five years ago was nineteen ninety. Oh wow! Then that uh, take it all back. That does surprise me because all that early '90s stuff, the Jim Lee X Men four cover, right, yeah, the, like I thought that was the highest selling book of all time. So this beat that supposedly. Oh, hold on. Okay. Yeah, um, that does surprise me then, because the early 90s stuff, I thought were at such a high watermark 
that they it would never be replicated again. You would never see those numbers. You would never see Todd McFarlane's Spawn number one. You would never see Rob Liefeld's X Force number one because people just don't collect comic books. the The speculators' market is dead. People don't collect comic books like that anymore. You know, it is amazing to me how valueless comic books have become. Go to a comic book store and notice there are boxes, even worse, go to a comic book convention and you have the dealer's tables with all the expensive, more current shit on the table laid out. You know, $8 for the book that sold out at, at the comic shop. You know, a week ago, Deadpool dies or whatever. Right, right. But it, but it's like a month old, right? But then you go down into the sub levels of the of the dealer's table that's under the table. You know, usually where you have to like go under a blanket and like look at all these like long boxes filled with comics that aren't in any type of order and they're all loose. But you're looking through and you're like, wow, these really aren't that old. These are like less than a year old. How about that? Like three for a dollar. And they're fucking worthless. They're yeah. worthless. It makes me cringe to know that my investment, for lack of a better term, is absolutely worthless. Aside from a few uh, a few exceptions, right? Like Walking Dead number one. Okay, yeah, that one was worth some money. But like overall, most of the shit that I buy on every week, like if I look at a random week from two years ago, a random week's worth of comics, and I get that random week out, I bet you none of them have any value. <laughs> you know, I bet I couldn't get what I paid for them. But I know you, and that's not why you collect comic books. You no, collect them for the stories. That is true. That's absolutely true. But what I'm saying is, just in general, comic books don't retain value. They really don't, because that whole collector's market, for the most part, is dead. And the proof is right there at comic book conventions when you go and you just see how how cheap everything is. Like literally multiple issues for a dollar and it's like not bad stuff. It's not like back in the when we first started buying comics Ian, if you bought like a like a pack of books um, for like let's say you got 10 comics for $5. They were pretty shitty comics. You would have one on the front side, maybe it was a second printing of something. Right, and you're like, right. well, I don't have this, but this second printing, every, I want to read the story. Yeah, yeah, and everything sandwiched in between was shit. And it, you know, like, it would be power pack number 19. And, and you know... Just like the Marvel Tales reprints, um, or, or classic X-Men. I got a lot of classic yeah. X-Men, which were reprinted stories of the old 70s and 80s X-Men. There weren't new stories or anything right. like that. They were just reprints. But today, if you buy a pack of comics, there's probably some pretty good stuff in there. Do they even do that anymore? I, I don't know. Like, I no. know they don't sell that stuff at... Or do they? I don't really at, see... Like that. a Toys R Us or something like that? Uh, yeah, you can get them at, at Toys R Us. Uh, but I was talking more like specific comic shop related. It's not so much pre-made packs anymore that I've noticed. It's just long boxes filled with random comics, and it's like three for a dollar, mm-hmm. or you know. But if you get ten, you can get it for five dollars. I don't know. It is strange that 
the the intellectual property of comic books has skyrocketed beyond any of our wildest dreams. Comic books are the main thing that everyone, not just nerds or geeks or guys, it's it's everybody. It's movie viewers go to go to go to see to see, see comic book properties right. more than anything else. But the source material, like you said, it's it's doesn't retain value. Well, it's yes strange. and no. Yes and no. The source material for most of the movies and films and everything that we get now is all from the 60s. And it was already valuable. But anything modern really isn't really being made into anything. When, when it seldom is, like Walking Dead, yeah, now that's got some value to it. But overall, they're just not making a whole lot of like current stuff into film. I mean, it's mainly... You know, yeah, I know that you can cite examples. Winter Soldier would be one, and Preacher is another one. But well, for the most, I, I get what you're you're saying, though. I understand. Well, pre- I, I wouldn't even use Preacher as, as I was going to go. I zombie is something that is yeah, relatively true. new but, that has hit pretty big. Yeah, on as the far as small screen. Yeah, that's true. As far as like superhero stories, besides Winter Soldier, any like new stories aren't being adapted. You have your Kick-Ass. You have all your your Miller verse well, stuff. Yeah, we've you got have your Civil, Wanted. We've got Civil War coming. We're gonna have the Infinity Gauntlet coming. Well, I mean, like original property. Is that what you're saying? Original stuff. No, I think he said. Wait, what are you saying? I'm saying new stories aren't being adapted. We're not gonna see. Aside from Winter Soldier, we're not gonna see Blackest Night. We're gonna see some version of Civil War, but not really. We're not gonna see Sixes. <laughs> you know, like that well, stuff we're not seeing. Did but we see Winter Soldier? Was that a faithful uh, translation from the comic book? I think. I think so. Was it? Okay. I think it's, I I think like it's it more was. faithful than Civil War is going to be. Yeah, maybe because it's smaller in scale, in scope, in characters. So then maybe don't call it Civil War in the movie. <laughs> then call it something else if it's going to be so maybe. different. But that's just that's just me. But we don't know. That's us speculating on something. You don't know that. I'm it's surprised that that Star Wars book did so well. Is that true? Is it? Did it outsell? I feel shit? Like, like we need to research that. There's no way that that outsold Jim Lee's X Men. You just, just told, is no you just fucking told me way. That. I took that as I took it from fact. The, yeah. Well, I got it from the internet. So. Well, that can't that can't be true then. <laughs> um. So anyway, there's some big things coming with Marvel Comics in the next several months. Uh, there are even some really cool books coming as well. Some like novelizations. There's, um, you know, leading up to the Force Awakens. There's going to be, uh, I, I guess, a trilogy of of books called um, Aftermath, and that's going to focus on the like what happens after Return of the Jedi. So that way it can lead us into the Force Awakens, and we kind of understand the history yeah, the, of the Greg Rucka written book. That is something that, that literally I feel like I will buy and devour like, that's a book that I feel like I'll read on the way home from the bookstore. That is a dangerous practice and we here at the McSauce Comic Book Podcast do not suggest you read comic books on the way home. Well that one, that's a novel, which might even be more dangerous. That's super dangerous. Um, but you know what I I can remember what I used to do uh, when when I was at the at the peak of my Savage Dragon obsession, 
I would I would pull it out of the out of the bag on my way home. I would be driving home, and I feel like I had just gotten my license. I was like freshly 16 years old, and I would have the fucking comic book in my hands, reading. Like I would try to read a couple panels at, at a light before I had to go again. I couldn't wait. I was that obsessed. That's um, when you decided I'm gonna commit my shoulder to Savage Dragon and get a tattoo. Yeah, well, actually, it was more on my bicep, but, yeah. Um, and, you know, before I got that tattoo, I was starting to, I was just starting to be on the decline as far as, like, my, um, my hardcore fandom was concerned, because I felt like the was trying to take more of, like, a Jack Kirby-esque yeah. kind of, like, quality to them, whereas... For the first 40 issues, the whole thing, he was always a cop, and it was more street level. It had, a, like, more grit to it. And then once he became, like, the leader of the government super team and started going into space and stuff, I was like, huh? Yeah. And it just it changed so much. But I was like, you know what? Nothing can take away how much I adore those first 30 or th first 40 issues. Like, those will always be the gold standard of comic books for me. And to a degree, my 17-year-old self kind of knew what he was talking about. But it was still a bad move. So we have some new Star Wars books coming out. I'm we probably going to pick up the Rucka book. And all this stuff is canon now, right? Everything. Everything is canon. Is canon. Like... Whatever Lando does before four and five, that's what he was doing. Whatever and yeah, all, like there, everything has to line up with Empire Strikes Back. Yes, there's a there's a group called the Lucasfilm Story Group. That's the LSG. If you want to abbreviate, are you part of this? I am not part of the LSG. The LSG is an exclusive club of which I am not a member, but. What they do at the LSG is they kind of, they are the watchdogs of Star Wars storytelling. They're the ones that, they're basically the editors. When somebody has a new story, they make sure that it fits cohesively within the framework of everything that's come before. And when I say everything, I mean everything. It's got to be a very difficult job. Comic books, novels, films, which there's going to be one every year, so that's going to be kind of crazy. Um video games all kinds of shit I don't know if kids stuff falls under that you know like kids little books or, or what I'm not sure if that falls under it but like and we've talked about this before this just feels to me like it's a recipe for disaster I feel like this is eventually going to be impossible to govern and it will be impossible to keep up with does it bother you guys because I feel like it does I've let go of all that. It's a fool's I, errand. I decide what is important to me, and it's just it's the same way that I've handled my comic books for the yeah, past that's, 30 plus That's years. exactly the way I handle my comics as well. However, Star Wars to me has always been a little bit easier to manage because if it was in the film, it's canon. And everything else is open to interpretation. Right. And I, I prefer that, to be honest with you. I like knowing that if they need to go back and like alter something for the sake of a movie, 
then that's fine. I don't want a comic book to get in the way of a fantastic film idea. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, it just doesn't feel right. But what they're trying to do is put an equal amount of legitimacy on every single piece of storytelling that comes out of Lucasfilm. Like, it should be weighted. The movies have more weight to them than That's the way the I always looked at it. Yeah. I even looked at it as the shows, almost as, yeah, this probably would happen, but maybe not. Yeah. It's, it doesn't bother me. I'm fine with it. it. It doesn't, for the most part, but, Ian, if they start, like, like putting a character that maybe showed up in a in a book in the movie and then you're not expected to know a backstory but there's a little bit of like a a known understanding of who a character is because of where they've been before that you weren't privy to it just feels a little bit like i don't know cheap or unfair for somebody that's just wants to watch the films it's sort of the tack that we take when we there's an event out there and we just want to read the main story and now as a star wars fan and you feeling like a star wars aficionado you'll have to pick up everything since it all counts is that you feel like you'll have to pay attention to more and you're upset about that no i'm not upset however i as much as i like all this peripheral stuff I haven't enjoyed anything. That includes the Clone Wars TV show, the Rebel show, comic books, novels. I haven't enjoyed any of that as much as I have enjoyed the experience of the films. So, I I don't... I guess I'm just not a fan of them telling me that everything else is just as important as those films in the overall scope of Star Wars. It just feels like, really? I don't know. We'll see how it pans out, but it's always going to be easiest at first. But as as things just start building upon themselves and we continue to get... I mean, think about this. We are going to have a Star Wars continuity twice as rich as what it currently is in probably three or four years' time from now. Like, that's... Think about how expansive it is now. Yeah, they're going to be packing it in going to be a lot of stuff in the next couple of years i'm excited for it though i am too it's it's a lot of great stuff to digest but it's just it's a lot so we don't we don't know how great it is or is going to be yet. well yeah but we don't we also don't know how bad it is or how much we're going to dislike it yet either. right but it's i'm just, not the one that just said it's a lot of great stuff to digest we don't know it's a lot of question marks um wait excuse me how did i say that again i think he said it it's a lot How of. How did he say it? It's a lot of great stuff to digest. That's not the way you said it just now when you mocked him. There's a lot of stuff out there. It might be. It might be great. Who knows? Who knows? Nobody knows. Exactly. That's that's my point. I would. It's probably going to be all shit, but we don't know. That's what you meant to say. We need to wade into all this stuff with an iota of caution. It's exciting that there's so much out there and the potential is there. Is, is this fair for me to say the potential, motherfucker? You can is say that fair? whatever you want. Is that better? But it is also fair for me to disagree with your excitedness. It wasn't even all that excited. I was just like, oh, it's going to be something nice. And you're like, it's going to be a pile of know. bantha poop. 
Poo. I don't Poo-doo. think it's going to be a pile of bantha poop, but I'm a little hesitant that they're they're just pushing all this stuff. I don't really think Rogue One needs to be a movie. But who knows? Maybe it will be your favorite movie. You don't know that. Maybe. It could be. Rogue One. What? What is Rogue One? Rogue One is the Gareth Edwards-directed uh, movie starring Felicia... Jones? Jones. Felicia Jones? Felicia Jones. I want to call her Felicia Hardy because that's who she played in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, starring Felicia Jones about the group of rebels who steal the Death Star plans that get to Princess Leia in the beginning of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting. Could be. Could be. I went in thinking Rebels could be interesting, and I fucking love it. So, maybe. Doesn't it kind of fit with... When you you look at some of the Star Wars universe and the new stuff that's coming out, you always, for whatever reason, you don't want to see lightsaber battles. You don't need more Sith. Correct. You just want to see the universe... Paired down, just normal people, just normal, people, no magic, just everyday I people. I want to see a black man administrating. <laughs> just, you know, a normal day. It's mailing letters, getting coffee. Joe, as fuck, I don't have any droids for you. That's so, all I want. So, this is what Rogue One is going to be. It's just going to be some, possibly, that's what we're told. It's going to be some normal folks. Doesn't that seem like the Star Wars that you requested? Yet you're sitting here. Yeah, and I read Gareth Edwards. it. I read Gareth Edwards' quote about it. He said it's going to be real world, hinting that there's probably not going to be any Jedi's in this movie, and that's great. That sits great with me because. And mild. it's so strange because you like your superpowers and I that's know. what you right. like from you you like your escapism but, what but was, now you want some gritty real world but shit but what was set up in A New Hope decades ago was a lightsaber hasn't been seen in decades Obi-Wan lights the one up in the cantina and everyone's like holy fuck but now lightsabers or fucking everyday trade in the Star Wars universe. Every mofo has a fucking lightsaber. So, if they're gonna go into Rogue One... That's why I'm not, like, crazy about Rebels being canon, exactly. I mean, it's still a cartoon show, so when I see, like, um, Sabine doing backflips off ladders 30 feet in the air and landing on her feet no problem, and then I'm, I've tried to project that into an actual film... It doesn't work. It doesn't feel like it's part of the same galaxy, if right. you will. So may- and maybe that's... And so maybe Rogue One will really have that going for it. And that'll feel more part of the Star Wars universe that I've put together yeah. than a lot of other things will. Yeah, I think so. But so far, I'm like, eh. I was pretty, eh. And then we saw uh, a little clip, a little teaser trailer for it, which just simply had a voiceover of um, Ben Kenobi from the original Star Wars saying for over a thousand generations the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice before the dark times and as he's speaking the camera is coming down through a a valley with trees over top and it it manages to get out of the clear and as it does it a TIE fighter flies overhead and then as the trees clear and you see the, the horizon you see what you thought was a planet hovering above 
but it's actually the Death Star. You see, like, the indent on it, and oh my god. Like, I don't know about you guys, but that is literally the scariest the Death Star has ever looked to me, ever. It's just, like, a terrifying weapon. It's like, oh my god, like, that thing is a a planet-killing machine. Like, how crazy is that? That's no moon. Um, That's a teaser. It, oh! It... It looked pretty good, and then at the end it had that crazy, like, radio chatter static. It sounded like there were frantic people. It sounds like a like a really intense... Angry cat? It sounds like a, like a really intense uh, event that I, I think is going to be pretty cool. It's going to be the very first in the Star Wars spinoffs, which they have named Star Wars Anthologies. Uh, that's going to be the name of all the spinoffs, which... I'm neither here nor there on that. I don't really care. I just I assumed it would be called Star Wars Rogue One, but I think that titling doesn't really work because now the uh, the Star Wars films have gotten away from um, episodic titling. Episode one, episode two. Now they're just Star Wars: The Force Awakens. You know what episode it is. Like that's their approach, right? So you don't think the crawl in the beginning is going to say Episode Seven? Um, no, it, it will, but in all the marketing and everything, the way that they, and they even changed it with the Star Wars digital releases, they, it's just Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, there's no, Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, they have gotten rid of the episode numbering in all of, like, the way that they're marketing this stuff. But just in the market. Yeah, in the marketing. And in the DVD name. Right. And, and everything, and, but in the movie, the crawl will still say... The episode title. It could. Yes, it will. It will. But, um, you know, we're, we're going back to the way that it used to be in the 80s when it was Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. It wasn't any of this Star Wars Episode Four, New Hope, Star Wars Episode Five, The Empire Strikes Back. Like, now we're getting back to that old way of doing it. So, you know, this is going to be known as The Force Awakens. Um... So, given the way that we're trying to rename Star Wars movies now for the you know the next generation of them, without putting that anthologies title in there, it doesn't really work. Like it would it would get jumbled up with all the actual episodic movies. Rogue One doesn't really excite me. Uh, the camera phone videoed trailer that we watched tonight. It's pretty neat. Seeing the Death Star faded out in the in the sky is, is pretty neat. But overall it's it's got work to do like like Rebels, but every Star Wars every Star Wars property from here on out. I have to give I may have to give a benefit of the doubt because I went into Rebels poo pooing it pretty hard. And Rebels won me over. So I mean there's a chance this could too, but right now just Meh, we'll see. You know, there was a panel at Celebration that had Gareth Edwards and, and Josh Trank was supposed to be there on stage with him, but he was, quote, under the weather. Do you think that's true? I think he was working on that Fantastic Four trailer that released a couple days ago. Uh, we might have to save that for the podcast. The podcast after the podcast. Um, 
Yeah, so we still know nothing of Josh Trank's version, but um, obviously, if you guys listen to the show, you know that I'm not the biggest Josh Trank fan, so I'm not particularly stoked about him handling a Star Wars film. Well, to each their own. To each their own. You know, maybe he'll handle a Star Wars movie differently than he would something else. Ian, are you excited for Rogue One? Yeah, I mean, from what we saw... I mean, you think all Star Wars is going to be great. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, from what we saw, I'm, I'm clearly excited. Clearly poking the bear. I, I do a like... antagonistic tonight. Well, you know, that's what you do. Got to get that energy up. I, I like Star Wars. I like the direction that they've been going. I like everything that I've seen from the trailer that we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Wait to, a Tip your hand sharply. People know. People know things, Matt. <laughs> 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 to some of the comic book properties that we already talked about and Rebels that we were just talking about a little bit there. I've, I've liked everything. I'm excited about this stuff. I know that you like to be cautious about it. But there's a time to just be excited and recapture some of that that youthful exuberance that we all had back in the 80s. And I think that this is the time to do it and be excited and let yourself be excited. If it turns out like a big flaming piece of shit, oh well. But right now, from what I've seen, I'm excited and I'm going to let myself have that. That... That reminds me of a point I was thinking about all this last week leading up to this. That you're a big bah humbug fucknut? When it comes to Star Wars, yeah. I think I think in a way... Just Star Wars? You sure about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty... Okay. I mean, you guys... I'm pretty receptive to whatever DC's gonna do until it until they do it wrong. Now, I rarely come out of the gate like, hmm, let's see. Like, I'm... I, well... I don't know. You're you wait, no, you're exactly like that with everything. You're like that with the DC stuff that's coming out now. You're you kind well, of have a let's see I like stance. To, I like to be cautious. And that's fine. But, but with all this Star Wars news over the last do, week. Do you think that doesn't let you be excited for stuff? Is that what you think? That is what is I think. Is that how you're that's posing that question? I'm just asking you. I'm asking you. That is what I think. But what I think is the prequels permanently broke my outright affinity for Star Wars. For everything, it feels like. Because you can't even enjoy some of this new DC stuff that's coming out. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think... I don't the think prequels have ruined him everything. for life. I don't, think the, I don't think it broke everything for everything. But I feel like the prequels really like messed up my outlook toward Star Wars properties from now on like I there are a lot of things about those movies that I cannot forgive like I just cannot let slide I can't say no George Lucas yeah whatever it's cool like but this isn't George Lucas anymore that's another point and that's, to distance yeah, yourself from that that's what I'm trying to say that it doesn't matter what people do now the damage is already done like I am not going to be that's a little stubborn and pig headed of no you? I don't because I don't want to be that way but that's the way it is when start with the Force Nobody's making you that way. Do you want to talk? Nobody's Can making I say you. anything? Or are you just going to keep interrupting me? I'm going to keep interrupting you. Matt, why don't you talk for a little bit? Well, I think what <clears throat> what Paul was trying to say, Ian... I thought we were just having a conversation. Well, so you just got interrupted, too. So it's not just me. <laughs> I purposely did it there. 
I think what he's trying to say is that he wishes that he could, like, partake in the excitement and exuberance of new Star Wars, but because of his um, hatred for the prequels and, and disappointment in the prequels, because they weren't what he had envisioned, um, he's just incapable of enjoying them, even if he wishes he could. It, like, getting... Not enjoying them, but getting wrapped up in the excitement and just kind of like blindly accepting you know blindly running into these new movies and properties and everything but instead he's like well Phantom Menace wasn't very good so everything in life is not very good you know what that's that's a great Phantom Menace I enjoyed quite a bit and it but it just nosedived after that yeah but yeah I mean like that I, I went in blind exuberance. Didn't matter what Phantom Menace was going to be. It was going to be amazing. Yeah. There's no way this wasn't going to be you know, the second coming of Christ. I just recently watched The Phantom Menace again, and I, I quite love that movie. I think that movie is so fucking harshly and unfairly um, criticized. It's, um, it's Attack of the Clones that is the one that's just got flaws all over it. Uh, and then Revenge of the Sith takes a, a massive step in the right direction. Um, and that's the best of the three. But The Phantom Menace is really good. It's, it's Phantom a- Menace is still my favorite of those three. There's I, I find more outright enjoyable scenes in, those, in that yeah. movie than I do in Sith. I can see that. Because it's really, it's that good. Um, it's Yes, it's got a couple flaws. Mainly Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, we know. We've talked about it to death. But overall, it's it's pretty fucking awesome. And not only that, but like just some of the, the artistic uh, qualities, qualities to that film. Everything from the design to the actual like, you know, just aesthetics in general. It's so impressive. But nobody gives a shit. Everyone's just like, Roger, Roger. Oh, the movie's terrible because a robot says Roger, Roger. Okay. So, anyway, we're getting a little off track. There was also... I think we're, we're on track. We're talking Star Wars. We're talking new Star Wars things. Okay. This directly relates to the excitement for these new Star Wars properties. So, so you're not super amped for Rogue One, which is kind of unfortunate because I think it's going to be really cool. And I'm excited because it's the first film that's going to... I feel like really be able to take some some chances and do its own unique thing while hopefully retaining a Star Wars vibe. Um, and that's why it surprises me that you're not a little more excited than you are right now, Paul. He might, you know what? He might turn turn around after he sees the the Force Awakens if that ends up being. Gotta be cautious. Right. Don't want to get too crazy now. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, The Force Awakens going to come in one year later, Rogue One happens, and by the time we lead up to Rogue One, we we may have a different Paul on our hands. One that's filled with optimism and excitement. I don't think, I don't think you're ever getting that guy back. I think it's, I think we're, we're cautious if, from here on out. If, if The Force Awakens comes out and it's fucking awesome and you love it, you think you're going to be like, oh, I don't know, man, Rogue One. Yeah, because Rogue One is going to be different time frame, different director, brand new characters. I think that's why I, I 
got ex- I got more excited for the Rebels season two trailer than I did the Force Awakens trailer because it's a property that's proven itself to me. I'm familiar with those characters. I know that universe, so I know what to expect. And when I see more familiar things like Darth Vader and hearing James Earl Jones, like I mean that fucking gets me amped up. But Force Awakens, Finn, Ray, that fucking chrome stormtrooper that's supposed to be Brienne of Tarth. All unknown quantities. The weird TIE fighter pilot with the red stripes down his dumb helmet. Unknown quantities. Gotta Paul wait was, and see. Paul was like, some girl, and her name was Phantom Menace, burned him so bad he back in the 90s. I fucking love Phantom Menace. Can we, can we not? Can name, we stop using Phantom Menace Names the prequels. Example? Name Star Wars prequels. Burned him so bad. I was just using it as an example of a name. Named Attack of the Clones. That was dog shit. That girl... Start to finish. Burned him so bad that now he can never love again. There's nothing enjoyable about Attack of the Clones. I I didn't like one bit of that movie. You can roll your eyes and shake your head, and that's fine. We're individuals. We can have different tastes. Right. I did not like. But to say that it was dog shit from start to finish, there was nothing enjoyable. Yeah. Objectively, objectively, it was. You you didn't like Christopher Lee. You thought he was terrible. Yes, I do. You thought you and McGregor, when he was finally allowed to shine as Obi Wan, was terrible. Yeah, because he was tied up in all that weird, Camino, fucking Django shit. Nothing about Django in those prequel movies was good to me. You thought the the Camino planet was stupid and not cool at all? I think Obi-Wan could have been used better. Because he didn't really I'm get sorry, to shine said, for me did until I say Obi-Wan Revenge or did I say of the Camino? Did I say Camino? Yeah, I didn't like Camino. See, you just you just want to hate everything. You just I don't know. I I don't like if I wanted to hate everything, I'd say, yeah, the Gungans were dumb and the Trade Federation was dumb and a bunch of stuff and Sith was dumb. But I loved, I loved at least one half of Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. I love the first half hour of Re- Revenge of the Sith. Uh-huh. But Attack of the Clones, I didn't like one bit of it. I still don't like one bit of it. It's subjective. It's okay. No, it, it's definitely subjective, but I can't help but feel like you're... Um, your hatred for certain parts of it is affecting the overall, if you will, of I that film. Matt, I, I don't like any of it. Okay. It's okay. I, I'm no, allowed to I, not like any of it. You, you are, but I, I don't feel like you're backing it up with anything other than it was dog shit. Like, you. you well, I don't. If it's objective, I don't need to. That's my personal taste. I don't like Christopher Lee. He was too old. All the weird fight scenes with him had to be filmed like. Alec Guinness and David Prowse in A New Hope. It was fucking the 2000s. You don't need to fucking do that. Like, the whole weird... The, the Dooku name, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> like, I didn't like the whole Saturday afternoon monster matinee gladiatorial arena at the end. All of the love story between, you know, Wooden Boy, Anakin, and Padme was bad. There's not a lot to take out of that movie. Like I don't, I don't like any of it. I don't like Django at all. I want Boba Fett to be his own character. I don't want him to be a clone. 
I don't want him to be the son of this guy that we see in this movie. He's cooler as his own guy. Mm-hmm. Like he built his he built his um, mercenary empire from the ground up. Not because oh I'm gonna take the design from my dad because I saw him get killed. I'm such a badass. Like all the whole um, where they're chasing Obi Wan. All the dialogue is horrible. Get him, Dad! Come on, you're better than that. Attack of the Clones is a bad movie. It's a bad movie. There's not a lot of redeemable parts. And I think even the most ardent Star Wars fan will say that's the worst of the six. I'm the most ardent Star Wars fan. I was going to say, you're talking to him. And I would agree. It is the worst of the six. But I will disagree vehemently that it is a bad movie because it is not a bad movie. It's it's certainly the most pockmarked of the six. What should I call it then? Because I would call the that fucking Steve Zissou movie a horrible piece of shit. I don't know. But what I'm sure. Steve but Zissou many people is. love it. What? People love that stuff. Well, I don't know what we're talking about. Um, it's the, the Life Wes Aquatic Anderson with Bill Murray. Yeah. Life. The Aquatic? Life Aquatic is what he's talking yeah. about. Is that new? Is that no, it's, it's, a it's older, but it was late the first 90s, example I can think of. early 2000s film. Oh, why are we talking about that? Because I would call it a piece of shit, but many people love and adore that movie. Mm. So how should I refer to Attack of the Clones? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess you can call it a piece of shit, but um, I... Knowing you, and knowing that you are a um, pathological hater, it... Well, I'm honest about things I don't like, and if I don't like them, I don't but, like but them. But it's it doesn't like matter. you can't help it. Like, you, you just... that's Because that's what you do. You hate shit. If I hated shit, I would hate all of the prequels. Well, you kind of do. I mean, honestly, like, tonight is a whole new side of you I haven't seen. Like, I love half of the Phantom Mess. I'm like, who is this guy? I thought that he hated the prequels, George Lucas, and... His children besides, for centuries to come. Besides the weird Padawan haircut, I love everything about Obi-Wan and Ewan McGregor and Phantom Menace. Uh-huh. Every scene he's in, I'm in. You know, like I said, I was just watching that recently, and I feel like I was watching it... Do you ever watch a movie that you've seen a million times, and like all of a sudden you see it another time, and you're like picking up like little things that maybe you didn't never noticed before? I did that with The Phantom Menace this time, and I was noticing... Ewan McGregor's not in that movie much. No, he's way underutilized. He That is Liam Neeson's movie. That is Qui-Gon Jinn's movie. But that's a good character it's to... It's a great character. ...put in that place. A character that I think should have at least made it out to the second film. Like, that would have been fun to see one more film with the Qui-Gon Jinn character in it. I, yeah, it would have been nice, but for the... For, for, for the story, story, I understand It that. makes sense. And you know it's kind of nice that Obi Wan then takes center stage as the as the, the the teacher. But for the story, if we're gonna do for the story, Darth Maul should have made it through all yeah. three films as well. Darth, if I, we're gonna go and change, I think things. George Lucas realized that that was a mistake. That Darth Maul should have been the villain of the of the prequel saga, um, and you know, unfortunately, he he killed him off. And then then he tried to do a mea culpa like a little too little too late. And bring him back for the Clone Wars, but that's just not the same. Like, you know, it should have been Anakin fighting Darth Maul in Revenge of the Sith to take 
that place next to the emperor instead of Count Dooku. Yeah, Dooku was a strange placeholder there. He was, but I I don't find see I find him to be a fascinating character. I feel like they introduced some really cool characters in Attack of the Clones, some interesting characters. Most notably, Count Dooku, I, a fallen Jedi that you don't really know what his motivations are, and then you get like he's the the leader of the the other side of the army. I I find that pretty interesting. But was there ever any doubt that he was a fucking bad guy? There wasn't. Like you know, he's the bad guy from day one. You well. There's never any. Oh, which way is he gonna go? Like he's the fucking devil from the start. No, no, I would disagree with that because there is a scene where he has Obi-Wan captive in Attack of the Clones and he's talking to him and he tells him everything. He tells... Because if he was a good guy, he'd hold Obi-Wan captive. No, bad guy. Everything about that guy says bad guy. Yeah, he's he's definitely bad, but he has... But but you just said you don't know which way he's going to go. We know which way he's going to go. No, we don't. He's a bad guy. No, we don't. We know who the bad guy is. The bad guy is the Emperor. How everyone else fits in is a little bit more of a gray area because we don't know. We don't know what ultimately is going to happen to Count Dooku because he does have that moment where he explains everything to Obi-Wan. To me, that shows a conflicted character, especially when he like looks down and he says, you know, I, I wish Qui-Gon were still alive. I could really use his help now. And it's like he's reflecting because there's like some sense of inner turmoil. There, There's like, there's like some kind of conflict going on within him. What, Similar- what really spoke to conflict to me was when he put a Jedi in chains and held him captive. Did, I'm sorry, did you hear any of the words that I just said? or Yeah, you just and that, and yeah, and that dialogue goes in direct conflict with what he's doing at the time, which is bad. If you're so you if have you're gray area, you're not gonna fucking chain a Jedi in some weird shit. No, you're gonna be like Obi Wan. We need to talk about this. Just chill for a minute. Let's just have a conversation. Right. You would just but let instead him go he's like and be like, hey, do what you want. You know, you can go or not go because I'm so conflicted. Like that's what the nice guy does. This is a guy that is conflict. He wanted Obi Wan to join him. And when did you ever think Count Dooku was maybe a good guy? No, 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 no. He's he definitely is on the side of of bad, but right. he is conflicted there. He could come back to the good side. He rats out the Emperor. He's ready to like tell Obi Wan we can destroy the Sith for his own personal gain. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. He's meeting with his own cabal of Trade Federation and other people to set up his own plan behind the Emperor's back. It is for his own gain. He's a bad guy. Count Dooku was never a gray he, area character. He was He's sick. always out for his own he benefit. Was, he was dealing with all those trade federation and and separatist leaders um, posing as, as a leader of the separatist movement, but he was working in conjunction with the emperor. But then he tells Obi-Wan, hey, look, the Senate is controlled by this really nasty Sith Lord. If we team up, we can take him out. Like... There's there's some kind of like conflict going much like Darth Vader had a conflict going and ultimately what what happened to Darth Vader right before he died? Yeah, but for such a long time Darth Vader wasn't a gray area character. He was no, a he bad wasn't. dude. He was. And, and and I know what you're you're pointing out as father and son and at that moment he was it was it was right on the brink of when he does 
he is having those problems and he does make that shift over. And Darth Vader was still very much bad at that time, right? In The Empire Strikes Back. It wasn't until like like his son's love for him finally overcame like his his evil tendencies and he realized that that is the path that he should follow instead of following the emperor's like path of hatred and and i and i get what you're saying but i feel like it's one line of dialogue and and maybe it was meant to have more weight but for me i just always skipped over that and watched the majority of the things that dooku was doing that spoke to his evil intentions no, he was, in his backstabbing ways and the, the, that kind of stuff. That's uh, that's how I always... I never felt he was gray area. Well, um, they, they, they frame him as an unknown quantity right from the beginning when, you know, the, the queen or the senator Amidala is like, well, you know, I think Count Dooku might be behind this assassination attempt. And um, then... Mace Windu says he he was a Jedi once. He it's not in his character. He couldn't assassinate anyone. So like it's yeah. being kind of like framed that you know maybe he is, maybe he isn't. It's not one hundred percent clear. I don't think I you know I don't think I look at him and see a clear cut one hundred percent definitive like bad guy with one hundred percent bad guy motivation. There's a lot of conversation about. Maybe he's this way, maybe he's that way. But when you actually see people doing things, you never see him really doing anything that's redeemable. It's all bad stuff. And that's the takeaway, I think. Well, I didn't really see him doing anything terrible until he fought. But did he do anything good? in the? I mean, you heard about that he was a Jedi and that... As in, he's talking about. Oh, I wish Quagon would have been there, but you don't really get the sense that he really means any of that stuff. Because while he's delivering oh, all those, okay, and, and even the way you. he's delivering all those lines, like it's he's just feeding it to Obi Wan to get Obi Wan to come on his side. Like he doesn't fucking mean it. That's how I took it. He's a deceptive kind maybe. of character, maybe, um, and that's a different way to look at it. That's maybe a deeper way to look at it than how me and Par going at it. But from what I saw on the screen, bad dude. Let's bring this back around to some Star Wars celebration news. Why don't we? Why don't we go with? Why don't we go with the big? Well, before we get pink, to that, there's one. No, other, one more. Another trailer. Okay. The one that really got Paul's juices flowing. It was the trailer for Star Wars Rebels. A trailer that was about three times as long as the Force Awakens trailer. And they revealed a lot. Let me get the bad out of the way first. Rex, the old fucking Django clone. I just want to be done with all that shit. I'm fine tying in Ahsoka Tano. Fan favorite. That's our tie to the Clone Wars. I don't need to see more Australian speaking clones. I'm, I'm done with it. Aside from that, I had a fucking hard on watching this trailer. Why do you think that they shouldn't feature any of the old clones? I just, I don't like it. I don't like any of the old clones. I don't like the Django tie-in. I don't like that you they all have saw this... Clone Wars. I don't like this Australian accent that all of them have. Like, I just... I've seen enough of the Clone Wars. Oh, you've seen it? I didn't see every episode, but I've seen enough of the Clone Wars. I, I know what it's about. Right. 
And I'm fine with bringing Ahsoka Tano in if they want to bring that other bald Sith chick in. That's fine. But I don't like the clones. I don't like the Australian accent. Does I don't it, like that they're Django clones. Does I just it ruin like it them. for you? No, and I have faith that uh, Greg Wiseman and your guy, whose name I can't Filoni, remember right now, Dave Filoni. And Dave Filoni, they're gonna they're gonna hook it up. And this may be the time that uh, that I come around and I'm like, all right, maybe I can maybe I can start accepting those clones. But on face value, watching this trailer. I didn't care for it. But everything else, seeing fucking Kanan run around in the Stormtrooper outfit with the orange shoulder patch, and hearing James Earl Jones come back as Vader, seeing him hook up with a larger part of the Rebellion, seeing the fucking A-Wings out there in those weirdo oblong Return of the Jedi helmets, I think a lot of it had to do with the music they used. Like, I was just fucking jazzed. For this trailer. I can't wait for season two. Uh-huh. What was your favorite part? Probably seeing Darth Vader take, take out Kane and, and almost cut Ezra's head off. Uh-huh. Hopefully cut Ezra's head off. That's how I wanted the trailer to end. <laughs> Not because I have ill will to, towards Ezra, but... Well, whenever like they whenever they introduce Darth Vader at, at the end of last season, like I want, I want him to be terrifying. I want him to be scary like the rebels shouldn't have a chance against him and in this trailer they fucking don't he wipes the floor with them and what looks like you know 20 seconds and i like the way he kind of tortures ezra he holds him up against the wall with the force and he's bringing ezra's own hand holding his light holding ezra's lightsaber up to his throat like that's fucking frightening like that's a scary individual Mm -hmm. and that's not anything we really got to see from darth vader too much no, it's it's kind of like the tale that you heard about Darth Vader hunting down and killing Jedi's. Well, you didn't get to really see any of that in Revenge of the Sith, but maybe we'll get to see some of that stuff now. We, um, I think that we saw a little bit of that from Darth Vader in The Empire Strikes Back. His terrifying nature, particularly when he had the fight with Luke. The second part of the... I always look at that, the lightsaber duel in, in Bespin uh, with Luke as a three-part fight. You had the first that was in the freezing, the freezing carbon chamber, then the second part happened in that like hallway, and then the third part happens in that whatever that big shaft is with the, with the walkway. It's like a plank kind of, right? yeah. The second part of the fight... When Vader's just throwing things at Luke so casually, like, just beating the shit out of him without even trying. Like, holy crap. Well, I, even the first part where he's just taking Luke with one hand. Yeah. Like, Luke's really coming at him and Vader's Be- just, he one-hands it the entire because time. Because it's two parts of his veteran guile that he's like, well, I can, I can physically kind of fight you like this, or I can use the Force, which I'm way better at than you. And then in the third section, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you right now. I'm going to use all my shit. I'm going to chop your hand off. I'm going to tell you about your dad. Oops, it's me. Like, he uses it all right there in the third. It's an yeah. onslaught. Yeah. But, yeah, the first thing, he's not, he, did, he doesn't even break a sweat. Yeah, but, all too easy. But at, the same, but at the same time, all through the original trilogy, you know, 
Luke's not gonna die. He's he's not gonna kill Luke. Like the the threat is there, and Darth Vader is a badass. But you're never like, oh fuck. And I guess at the same point, well, I mean, we were not kids gonna when kill. We were watching that, I mean, dude, did we I, feel that? I don't they, remember what I thought. Well, I, I mean, they hacked his hand off. That I was guess pretty it's serious. The same, in the same vein, they're not gonna kill Kanan. They're not gonna kill Ezra. Well, they're definitely not gonna kill Ezra. I. You know what? I don't know. I don't know. I think. It's very likely that one or both of those characters will be dead by the time that show wraps up. You think so? Yeah. I do. I could see them killing Kane and they can't kill a child. Yeah, I don't think that <laughs> as as murderous as they've been, I don't think that they can do that. But yeah, I could see Kanan dying. I mean Darth, Darth Vader. Vader will Look, as much as we might like Kanan. The, the legend of Darth Vader is the most important thing, so maybe we should have Darth Vader kill Kanan by the Oh, I don't like Kanan that much. I think I would like him more if he got killed by Darth Vader. I love Kanan more every time I see him. He's alright, but I definitely would like him to get killed by Darth Vader. No way. I'm like, kill everyone else, just spare Kanan. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I've become That's a huge Kanan fan over that first season. Is that because of Freddie Prince Jr. or is it because you like the character? I like I like the character. I like Freddie Prince Jr. I, I think his voice works well for the character, mm -hmm. but I think they wrote him. They didn't write him as cavalier cowboy as I as I expected. He's a little more reserved. Yeah, and he's he's a little more and he's a little more. Um, he acknowledges the old Jedi ways a little more than I thought he would. I thought he was really going to be more Han Solo with a lightsaber. Um, he isn't. And um, I, I like that a lot. I think Freddie Prince Jr. works great for him. And I like I like the single-bladed lightsaber. He's going in old school. I could still do without the ponytail and the crazy designed eyebrows. But as a character, I like him. I like that he secedes uh, control of the ghost to Hera, like he's, he knows he's not a better pilot than her. It's cool. Humility. Like a trait that we love in our Jedi. Do you like Ezra's lightsaber? I forget if you hate that or like that. I feel like you hate yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. I, I understand its practicality for the show and the way it's organically written in, but eh, whatever. I'm willing to let it slide. I really fucking like Rebels. Way more than I thought I did. And that and that's the caveat that I have to give the all Star Wars properties from here on out. Is that I went into Rebels with a pretty negative attitude, but I'm a fucking fan. So and Rogue One, like I may come out of that, you know, with a Rogue One shirt and a Rogue One hat and Felicia Hardy panties. I may be ready to Well, I mean go. you're gonna do that regardless. <laughs> Ian, did you have a favorite part of that trailer? I just like the opening scene where when you open up and it's Darth Vader, he sparks up his lightsaber. I mean, it just, it's, as Paul mentioned, um, he's he looks menacing, he looks yeah. imposing, he looks like he's, he's ready to kick some ass. I like in the trailer that you get to see Darth Vader do a whole bunch of different things. It feels like he's on a chase. He's in the TIE fighter chasing them down and then they finally have at the end, they have the face-to-face the -face battle. It's It seems like he's going to be a big part of this um, big part of this season, but not the only thing. I like that there were a few, it looked like there were a few different Sith powered or... It looked or, like New Inquisitors. Yeah. 
that are going to be included. So it's not going to be the Darth Vader show. Hopefully they'll use um, a, a gentle touch with him and only use him whenever they need him to come in. But when he is there, he's going to be, it's going to be an oh shit moment for everybody. Right, right. I I hope that that's the case. I love the line he has about squeezing Lothal until they give up yeah. the rebels. Yeah. It's so fucking diesel. I, I thought that uh, Sam Witwer's um, the Emperor voiceover. Was, oh, is that who that was? Yeah, that was really good. Impressive, really impressive. Um, most impressive. Most <laughs> impressive. You fucking dorks. Um, I actually thought that one of my favorite parts. Number one, I thought the trailer was going to end seeing Ahsoka and Darth Vader dueling. I thought we would you would see their their lightsabers clash and then that would be the you know the end of the trailer but we didn't see that. Um, it looks like Ahsoka has a limited role. I thought she would be a major major player. Maybe she will be, but based on the trailer, she still looks like a bit of a peripheral character. Um, Paul, I think you and I just like look at Star Wars differently because one of my favorite parts in the trailer was when they introduced Rex and they started with like the voiceover and then you see Rex and then I thought it was really cool to see how is old... that what's his face what? the guy the what is that Django Fett I forget what the actor's name is oh tomorrow morning yeah no no I don't know who's voicing him but um I thought it was really cool to see these these old clones because if you remember, they're, they're they're aged twice as fast as regular people. So to see them, they look like they're in their sixties now, and they look like it because they have like the big white beards and they just look old. And but like they're coming out for like one final battle or whatever against um, the Empire, and they even comment about these new. Stormtroopers. I like that too. When they, <laughs> I think that's a nice little touch. Like these are the the original because the, I think it's fair to say that the clones were way more badass than stormtroopers. It was like it's nice that they're making the division. Like these were two different things. They right. may have similar uniforms, and this is supposed to be a progression of the clone troopers. But the clone troopers were, you know, black ops, whereas these are just foot soldiers. Right. They were genetically made soldiers and trained from birth. Whereas the stormtroopers are just recruited dum-dums that can't... All they can do is walk single file, you know? That's true. Bad shots. All that Was stuff. it on one of the Star Wars Oxygens that they say the theory about how the stormtroopers were ordered to not shoot Han, Luke, and Leia and that Death Star escape? That's why they miss the entire time. If it was, I don't remember that. Because they kill their fair share of Ewoks and Rebels and Jedi when Jawas. they're doing business. What yeah. did I say? Ewoks and Jedi. I meant Ewoks and Rebel soldiers. Right. Yeah, so maybe they're not as bad as we think. Maybe that was that was passed down from on high that... We can use we can use this. Let's not kill them. Just yeah, yet. they they did pretty good at the Battle of Hoth. Um, but anyway, I thought it was cool to see them in the way that they were kind of like worked into the trailer. I thought that was a really cool fan moment. What I, what I hope this doesn't become 
is an extension of the Clone Wars. Because, you know, you get, you, like Paul said, you know, you have Ahsoka already, now we have Rex and one of the other clones, I can't remember his name. I just don't want this to be a straight-up continuation. But It is nice to tie things together. It is. Though. It's cool to tie it together. Because, unfortunately, Disney didn't let Lucasfilm finish the Clone Wars series. They just pulled the plug on it. So you have all these dangling plot threads that they were never even allowed to finish. Fine, here it is. That's cool. Just don't overdo it. That's all. Um, so, yeah, that was one of my favorite parts, for sure. Uh, but you've probably seen Darth Vader be Darth Vader, and you see what an incredible pilot he is by blowing everything up in his special TIE fighter, that little one with the curved wings. It's just really cool to see. Um, but, again, Paul, you and I are just so different because while you loved that trailer... And there was another trailer that didn't do quite as much for you. I was kind of the flip side of that, where I pretty much came in my pants when I saw the Force Awakens trailer. Ian, did you see the Force Awakens trailer? I did see the Force Awakens trailer. What did you think of the Force Awakens trailer? It was a teaser trailer, a minute and 50 seconds. A little I, bit longer than the first one. I was. I feel like I was late to the party because I was... What was I doing that day? I was watching daredevil and i didn't have any of my social media on me or anything i was watching tv not paying attention and my wife is sitting on the other couch not paying attention to daredevil and she starts playing something and i i hear star wars music and i hear that sounds like mark hamill and i'm like that sounds like something new. I was like, what are you watching over there? <laughs> she's like, oh, you know, just uh, Star, Star Wars Star Wars trailer. I, I was like, it. I haven't. I love this. She wasn't even like, hey, honey, did you see this yet? No, she was just balls <laughs> out watching it with the sound and everything. And I was like, what? Well, 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 what is that that you're watching? Oh, this is the new teaser. Did you see it? I'm like, no, I'm watching TV. Like we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> So I was like, why don't you do this? Why don't you fling it to the TV so we can watch this trailer on the TV? And she's like, mine doesn't work that way. And I know it does. Ah. So then I grabbed up my iPad, flung it to the TV, watched the Star Wars trailer, found out that I was two hours late to the party. Whoa. Felt very, very sad. But I was extremely excited to see the trailer. It was, it was fun. I had fun with it. Was it the same goosebump-inducing trailer as the first one on the day after Thanksgiving? But I still had a lot of fun with this trailer. Mm -hmm. Did you have a favorite part? Um, man, I guess I, I like seeing the the melted Vader helmet. I like seeing the Luke Skywalker putting his mechanical hand on R2-D2. That was fun. I like seeing the, the Falcon flying through the, the wreckage. Mm -hmm. That was fun. Um, so those were the parts that I enjoyed. Cool. Favorite part? Now let's talk about your, your overall mediocre reaction to the, to the trailer. Like I said earlier, I don't want to be this way, but I feel like I need to be cautiously optimistic. And I just, I just don't know enough. I don't know who Ray is. I don't uh -huh. know who Finn is. Um, Daisy Ridley is super fucking pretty. Other than that, I'm like, eh. I love the new Stormtrooper design. It's uh -huh. sleek. It's fucking cool. I'm all in. Um, 
my favorite part was probably seeing the as the camera's panning from left to right, all of a sudden you see a crashed Star Destroyer in the background. Uh-huh. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Super cool. Never saw it on that scale before. No. Like, yeah, because you, you see, see the X-Wing in the foreground. And you're so like, it gives oh, you that yeah, scale. Oh, X-wing like, like, oh fuck. fuck. It's a Star Destroyer. And it was really, really fucking sweet. Uh, all, the, all the new stuff, I'm not ready to just outrightly accept yet i gotta i gotta wait and see they gotta give me a little something more it was great hearing um mark hamill's voice as luke again um that was taken right out of return of the jedi that wasn't new shit was it yeah is that confirmed um i'm confirming it isn't that all you need i guess (laughs) Yeah, it was um, it was it was taken from Return of the Jedi, but kind of cut up a little bit. But it's the same shit that he says to Princess Leia. Yeah, I, I knew it was the same dialogue, but I thought he was saying it again because as Star Wars movies do, they they're cyclical in a way. Yeah, they repeat some of the same lines, but not. I don't think they repeat entire paragraphs of of dialogue unless the way his voice sounded just sounded younger to me it sounded like they were just repeating the, yeah I think there was a little bit of a yeah, using the dialogue too, yeah. well young. take that off the plus column then okay um uh yeah that's that's what I liked about it huh I'm curious to see now, I, who's I'm curious to see where Luke's first lightsaber came from yeah I assume that's Daisy Ridley giving it to Princess Leia. Or at least Princess Leia is on the receiving end of that lightsaber. I'm pretty sure that was Princess Leia being handed the yeah, lightsaber. Yeah, um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm, cu- I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that if that melted Darth Vader helmet really does play a role at all. Um, um, actually, uh, what what I know so far is if if you slow the trailer down, the person that hands the lightsaber to what we think is Princess Leia is an I think alien. She, oh really? Yeah, it's orange. I thought she was just tanned and well manicured. No, it's a little alien looking hand. Now that I see it, if you look closely, it even has a, a face right coming in from the right side, and it doesn't look human. Uh, um, yeah. I- Suppose that fingernail's a little bit. I'm, I'm yeah, just looking at one is, screen cap, cap, but it looks like it could possibly. The rumor be is that's um, Lupita Nyong'o. That's her character, possibly. She's an alien. Maybe, yeah. Um, a rather short one too. Kind of short for a alien. But um, no, Paul. I thought I recall you being pretty amped after you saw the trailer. Oh yeah, I'm like I I liked I liked a lot of it. Yeah, um, but there's just so many questions. Yeah, there are so many questions, uh, so many unresolved issues that aren't going to be resolved until the movie comes out. Well, some of the rumors that I had heard is that number one, I thought it was great to see the villain again. Um, this time we got to see his face twice, um, even though it was for a very short time. It was still cool. Um, Looks like he is another helmet-wearing, red lightsaber-wielding bad guy. 
And he's got that same cross guard lightsaber that he had in the first trailer that's kind of crackly looking. And it looked cool. I like it. Um, from what I've heard, he's kind of like a, a relic hunter. That's why he had the Darth Vader helmet that we see at the beginning, which, if you look closely, is on some kind of like shelf or podium or something. Like it's on a very sleek looking surface. Um, and it looked, I don't know, so he, from what I understand, he, he collects like Sith relics or Jedi relics, and maybe that's why the lightsaber is such an integral part. Maybe he's trying to get it for whatever reason. Um, we don't really know that stuff, but um, I thought the voiceover was really cool when Luke's saying, you know, my father has it. And I thought that was an interesting way of phrasing. My father has it because Darth Vader's been dead for 35 years. Then I have it, and then you see the cloaked figure put his hand on R2. Are we supposed to, is that supposed to be Luke? Yeah, I mean, that's what they're... Yeah. I don't think we need to think any further into that, right? Okay, well, I mean, it's a robot hand. It's he a robot the, he hand? He flesh and... hand. Oh, he, but probably... it's been a long time. That flesh, it only has, if you look real close, the warranty is like five years or something. This has been 30. It, he did get it shot, so maybe afterwards he had to peel all the flesh off of it. It was just like, fuck it. Yeah. I prefer the flush hand. I like the mechanical hand. Yeah, it's creepy. Oh, ideally, it's one black glove. That's that's my ideal Luke Skywalker. But I, li I like the flush hand. Right. Maybe for I like effect. him not being entirely comfortable that he needs to have a cybernetic. Maybe hand. he was at home at that point. He was hanging out, him and R2, just watching the fire, and yeah, he didn't need his black glove, but when he goes out, he gets that dress glove out and he puts it on, gets all dapper. Maybe. 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 You, you just don't know. Um, when he says, uh, my sister has it, that indicates that, that Leia is now maybe a force user. And then he says, you have that power too. But the first thing that he said was, the Force is strong in my family. Meaning, are we talking about somebody else that's in like his, his family? Like his nephew? His nephew, his niece, his son, his daughter. One, I'm thinking one of those four. Somebody is related to him. Somebody is going to be the next Jedi. Um, I, I'm, it's got to be Daisy Ridley. It's got to be. It can't be um, John Boyega, right? Never know. My adopted well, son has it. Why isn't it Donald Gleason? Well, maybe it is. We have we don't know anything about that guy's character. We don't know. But we don't know anything about Daisy Ridley either. No, we don't. No. And from what we've from what I've pieced together so far, and I don't read all the spoiler stuff that you read, Daisy Ridley's Daisy Ridley and John Boyega are off doing their own thing, and they stumble into. You know the old, the old order of Han, Luke, and Leia. Right. Like, I don't think, you know, Daisy Ridley is, you know, Ray Solo, and she's just like, I hate you, mom and dad. I'm going off to do my own thing on the junk planet. Like, I think she's her own character. But I guess that could be her arc. She's angst-filled. Early, you know, angst-filled twenty-something, off making her own way in the junk planet. 
But I feel like foraging I, for lightsabers. I feel like Domhnall Gleeson is probably the probably the one he's talking to. Well, I I suspect it's Daisy Ridley, and I think Daisy Ridley is his niece. I, I don't I haven't read anything to confirm that or anything like that. The reason why I don't feel it could be Domhnall Gleeson is because Mark Hamill's kind of on the short side. And Donald Gleason's like really tall. But Mara Jade was tall. Was she? Let's say yes. Like that, <laughs> that universe doesn't exist anymore. So I don't know. Dream I, I just the dream. I also feel like they're they've they've made it like with everything that they've said so far, this movie is gonna be about Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, and um, Oscar Isaac. And those are your main Isaacs. characters. Isaac. Isaac. Is it Isaacs? I thought it was Isaacs. Isaac. Isaac. Isaac? It's uh, something. You know who we're talking about. That dude. Um, I, I, they've been quiet on Domino Gleason. Maybe he has a secret Oscar role. Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's got a bigger role than what they're leading on. Maybe he is the main character. I don't know. But that's some weird... Um, some weird marketing I think to so far with two teasers really push those three characters as your main characters um, I don't know I uh, I love that that trailer though um, I can't believe that we've talked this long and we get we didn't get to the part that everybody's talking about which I would assume was your favorite part the final scene it, it was my favorite part um when indiana jones and a bear show up <laughs> harrison ford looked so good as han solo as an old han solo he looked better as an old han solo than he did as a old indiana jones i felt um just based on that you know two second clip but uh i, I was moved like Ian, you said that this didn't have quite the same effect overall for you as seeing that first trailer. Yeah, that was the, f the first trailer. That was the first Star Wars we had seen in 10 years. But this is the first time we've seen Han Solo in 35 years. So that was pretty fucking moving. And, like, I, I was at work. If I wasn't at work, tears maybe would have, like, been coming down my face. I was really affected seeing him again and then i you know my immediate thought was because i've had this theory that han solo is going to bite it in this movie because a major mentor character bites it in every first star wars tr trilogy movie um that i just thought you better not kill him don't you dare fucking kill him this is really funny <laughs> don't because up until this trailer I felt the same way, and now that I saw this trailer, I'm like, all right, we can wrap up Harrison Ford's old-ass beat story. Like, he's clearly lived his life. He's We can wrap it up. I don't know. I was surprised that Chewie looked so fucking good, man. He didn't have any gray. What was, what was most shocking for me at first was that juxtaposition. Because he looks like the Chewie out of Because Harrison Ford the looks like... He's 30 years older, and Chewie looks like he looks better than he did in A New Hope. Yeah, his, My man he's, is glistening. 
He's in condition. His hair is luxurious. I, I'm a little, I'll tell you what, I'm a little disappointed that they didn't age Chewie a little bit. And I, I get it. Like, I understand, you know, Wookiees live eight, eight nine hundred years old. Give him a gray years, streak somewhere. Right. 30 years is a drop in the bucket. He's not, he isn't necessarily going to look any older. But Yoda lives an awfully long time, too, in between Phantom Menace and Empire, or Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith, he aged about 300 of those 400 years. So, I don't know. I, like, I don't, Chewie doesn't need to be all white. He doesn't need to he, be... And that's not what I'm asking for. Right. But just rough him up a little bit. Rough him up. Maybe just mess up his hair. You don't even need to give him some grays. Just mess him up a little he bit. He looks pretty crisp, Matt. He looks pretty sharp. He's got grays there. He's got it on his shoulder. He's got it there. He's looking pretty crisp, Matt. He doesn't... He, no, he doesn't look any older. He looks like fresh off the conveyor belt Chewbacca. Just fresh a, off just, the conveyor belt. Just a, a little, the Chewy factory? Yeah. yeah it, it toys are Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> and, like... And the, I understand that in the way the world works, and, you know, he's 800 years old. He doesn't need to look any older, but... Like Han Harrison Ford look just looks so old to me. Like the first thing I thought was, "Oh, my man's old." Yeah. And like the like Han Solo for my entire life has has been suspended in the years between A New Hope and Jedi. Like he's got he's got swagger. What is he? Forty two in Jedi? Maybe. You know he's still able to. Still able to get his game on, and that's Han Solo to me. Like seeing this Han Solo. My favorite part about like, this, oh, you're no. talking, but Matt is doing the side by side comparison so hardcore right now. Matt, he looks he looks pretty young. He looks pretty fucking spry in this new trailer. You have to admit that, man. Yeah. And in world reasons, I get. It. Totally understand, but it was it was initially it was jarring to me. Like I didn't have that emotionally moving moment that Matt did because the first thing I thought was, "Oh, Han Solo looks really old." I thought he looked great. Oh, he looks great for a thousand-year-old. It was super fun to see him again. It's nice to get that original cast member portrait. That we can all see and be like, well, yeah, this all not to, fucking connects. Not to pile on Harrison Ford, but I, th I think I'm going to feel the same way when we see Carrie Fisher. Like, I think Mark Hamill will have the quiet, reserved Jedi demeanor. That, A beard. That will, that will allow him, you know, to age into that role. But, like, Harrison Ford's fucking youthful swagger and just being fucking player all the time like you can't be a player like that so now the movie may come out we may see different aged character portrayal but right now I'm like oh that's not that's not Harrison that's not Han Solo that's old Harrison Ford what kind of player was he in Return of the Jedi well, he wasn't going out slamming Space Poon, but he still had that youthful swagger to him. Did he? 
Yeah, he's fucking making jokes all the way up until he's being burned alive by the Ewoks. He's fucking. He's fucking around. He was cracking the, wise. He was. He's, he was yeah, blind on the. He's cracking wise to the imperial guy to, when he throws the fucking detonator at him. All right. Okay. And the thing, like, you're gonna I die don't here. see this guy being that character. Well, yeah, I mean, seeing him for two seconds does kind of tell you everything you need to know. And I gave that disclaimer. Once we see the actual movie, it may be a different, a different character than the one we've known. But, like, right off the bat, like, oh, man, he just looked old to me. Yeah, he's an old guy. Yeah, I know, but I, I've, se- I've seen him. Like, I've, I've seen Harrison Ford right. recently. And, and you were still surprised. I'm, I'm not used to seeing... It's semantics. But I'm not used to seeing Han Solo like that. Uh-huh. Like, I'm used to seeing right, Harrison gotcha. Ford... You know, telling David Blaine to get the fuck out of his house. Like, I get that. But Han Solo being old like that? Right. I don't know. It's going to take a little more... It's going to take some more selling by J.J. Abrams than it will Luke being a reserve Jedi. I thought that his hair looked good even though it's, like, white. You know, it was, like, the right haircut for him. Um, You know, I love that... Because I had heard that he might have a duster type jacket on or something, but no, they gave him they gave him the black jacket with the white shirt underneath. Like that's Han Solo's look. It's like a superhero yeah, look. Yeah. It's what he's supposed to look like. He just looked great, and and when he said we're home, that 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 line like has like a million different meanings. It, it was almost like they were saying it to me. You know what I mean? Like, okay, now we're finally back. It does make you wonder, like. Was the Falcon gone somewhere? Like, what happened, man? I'm under the impression that he lost the Falcon somehow. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. So it leads you down a whole nother path. What's what's going to happen? I can't wait. This is a new... Has the Falcon been on that desert planet, which has been revealed? The title of that planet is Jakku. Did you know that? Yes. The junk planet. The junk planet. Apparently, the Battle of Jakku took place one year after the Battle of Endor, after Return of the Jedi. So, do you think we may see that in Greg Rucka's post-Jedi Star Wars book? Yes. That's, I would say it's a really strong possibility. And that's Apparently, it's a junk planet. It was a, an abandoned planet. Then this huge fucking battle took place. And if you look at the trailer closely... When the Falcon flies into the one Star Destroyer, that's a Super Star Destroyer. That, that's different than the one that was seen at the beginning of the trailer. Um, the Super Star Destroyers are what, like ten times the size of a Star Destroyer? Um, well, isn't, isn't the weird like antenna part of the Star Destroyer with the two balls mm-hmm. the same size on a Super Star Destroyer? It's just the body of the ship is built up around it? I don't know. Alright. I have no idea. Nerded out on you guys? Sorry. <laughs> Thought Matt would be with me. Um. You nerd. <laughs> you fucking dork. <laughs> um. Do you have the blueprints over there? You're just unsure because you couldn't pull up the blueprints? Let, me look, let me look those so up. So apparently there was this huge battle that took place one year later and... Uh, that, I'm sure, will be a really cool story to, to read about. Maybe, who knows, in the book, maybe they'll talk about Thrawn. That would be pretty neat. Maybe they'll talk about, you know, 
clearly it was a huge like na naval space naval battle. Um, maybe Admiral Akbar versus Thrawn. That would be neat. Maybe we'll even get to see it. Maybe in some of the anthology stories. Who knows? But Who knows? Uh, but apparently it was a, a nothing planet, and then the battle happened. All the shit falls to the to the surface, and now it's become a junk planet. That's such a cool idea that, like, what happens after you have these big space wars? Well, that happens. Right, right. Like, there are scars to the galaxy now, and there's, like, visible signs, and it's pretty interesting. Now, another tidbit that I've that I read from Celebration is it doesn't look like it's the Empire and the Rebellion anymore. It is now the First Order... And the resistance. That's, I think, the names of the two factions. Looks like the the first order has a new logo. The old. What did you think about? What, what do you think about that logo? I think it looks like a really weird Adobe Illustrator looking little sunburst thing. It was a little too generic, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I want like there's the Imperial logo. Isn't very complicated. No. You know, some symmetrical shapes in a circle. But this logo just felt really plain. Yeah. Like I wanted I wanted something more. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Um maybe, yeah, just maybe a little something to make it a little bit less just it looks like a radial effect in Illustrator. It's it's really not Yeah. I feel like I could have made that in ten seconds. <laughs> um I've seen you do it. <laughs> so, whatever. But, uh, wow, did we get a lot of fucking Star Wars information over the last uh, four or five days. Yeah, they, they really they really opened up the floodgates and let us have it. But that's what we expected from Celebration. I'm glad we got a new trailer out of it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, though Han Solo looked more aged than I thought, there's a lot of really cool stuff. And that trailer, like I real, I'm really looking forward to see how um, John Boyega and Daisy Ridley's roles come out. I am I'm too. Particularly intrigued by John Boyega's character. Like I, I liked um, that one clip of the Tie Fighter in the hangar. That was cool, with uh, some some explosions and people flying all over the place. All that mayhem. That was the exciting. Tie Fighter was firing on itself like on the stormtroopers yeah it doesn't it, so that makes me think that's right before that's somebody escaping the first trailer when he pops up in the very beginning of the first trailer my guess is he takes that TIE fighter and crash lands on that planet and that was his escape I like the black TIE fighter but I don't yeah. like that it doesn't have the the sex something hexagonal wind. or whatever yeah, it doesn't have that window in the front. Yeah. It seems like it has more of a slit. Yeah. 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 But I like I like the black nature of it. Yeah. There was a shot when all the stormtroopers on the snow planet are standing and then they all turn in unison. And then you see the big Imperial banner or the First Order banner, the new logo and everything. And you see a figure in, in a black robe in the distance, right? You saw him on the ledge. That's got to be the leader, right? That's got to be, like, the emperor yeah. or whatever. Who the fuck is that? Is that, is that Andy Serkis? Is that a military... Is that a moth? A grand moth? Andy Serkis has to be playing an alien. They don't put his real face in movies. He was I in... still feel like he might be Darth Plagueis. Could be. 
Eh, I suppose. We got a lot of Star Wars information this week. I think we digested quite a good bit of it tonight. Uh, more, plenty more information in the episodes to come about Batman vs Superman, Fantastic Four, Preacher, Convergence. Daredevil reviews, I'm sure. Daredevil, if my colleagues would care to watch it. Talk to my wife, man. Oh, under the bus. Wake up! Watch Daredevil, son! <laughs> my name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. Thank you for joining us tonight. We'll see you next time.